Welcome to the Sharing Our Journey podcast, a podcast ministry of Harrodsburg Baptist Church. I am your host, uh, Jonathan Johnston, and with me today is uh, our student pastor here at Harrodsburg Baptist, David Carpenter. How's everyone doing today? And we are continuing our series in the book of Numbers, Preparation for Promise, um, and uh Today finds us in Numbers chapter 27, a uh, very interesting time. We're, we're nearing the end of this series. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, we're nearing the end of the book of Numbers. Yeah. Uh, and today uh, we will see that, that Moses uh, is coming to the end of his life. Uh, and, and today we're looking specifically at preparing to pass it on. Uh, and and there's a lot of implications, a lot of things we can look at with this, but we'll jump right into the text. It's Numbers 27, uh, starting in verse 12, going all the way through the end of the chapter there. And it says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Go up this mountain of the Abarim range and see the land that I have given the Israelites. After you have seen it, you will also be gathered to your people as Aaron your brother was. When the community quarreled in the wilderness of Zen, both of you rebelled against my command to show my holiness in their sight at the waters. Those were the waters of Meribah of Kadesh in the wilderness of Zen. So Moses appealed to the Lord, may the Lord, the God of the spirits of all flesh, appoint a man over this community who will go out before them and come back in before them and who will bring them out and bring them in so that the Lord's community won't be like sheep without a shepherd. The Lord replied to Moses, Take Joshua, son of Nun, a man who has the spirit in him, and lay your hands on him. Have him stand before Eleazar the priest and the whole community and commission him in their sight. Confer some of your authority on him so that the entire Israelite community will obey him. He will stand before Eleazar who will consult the Lord for him with the decision of the Urim. He and all the Israelites with him, even the entire community, will go out and come back in at his command. Moses did as the Lord commanded him. He took Joshua, had him stand before Eleazar the priest and the entire community, laid his hands on him, and commissioned him as the Lord had spoken through Moses. So we start out this passage with God telling Moses, basically, hey, this is nearing the end for you. And uh, he had already told him previously, and a few weeks ago we talked about when we were talking about preparing our poise, that, that Moses in a moment lost his composure and um, did things that, that God did not want him to do in regards to the rock and struck it instead of just speaking to it as he had been commanded. And the cost for that was he was not going to physically enter the promised land but God in his great mercy here says to Moses, who has been a faithful leader, faithful follower of God, he says to him, hey, go up on this mountain range and I'm going to allow you to see the land, the, the land of fulfillment, the land of promise. Um, and he instructs him and, and he tells him, hey, after you've seen that, you're, you're going to be gathered to your people the same way that Aaron was. So Aaron has already passed on by this time. Um, and Moses was a witness to that. Moses saw how that, that took place. And so I, I just find this very interesting relationship between God and Moses. Mm-hmm. 
a lot of us don't get uh, notification from God. Hey, it's it's your time. But Moses here is instructed, hey, you're nearing the end, but I'm going to let you see the land of promise. I think that's so loving and merciful of God. And Some people may read that and say, oh, well, is that kind of taunting him? I don't see it that way. I see it as if you've been leading people towards a goal, yeah, and they're going to reach that goal after you die, mm-hmm. isn't it great that God's like, I'm, I'm going to let you see what they get to inhabit. Yeah. Um, and as good as the promised land is, I also think it's awesome that God's kind of showing it to Moses saying, hey, th- they get to inhabit this, but this is only a shadow compared to what I have for those who, who love me, who, yeah. who come home to me. Uh, so, yeah, you don't get this promised land, Moses, but you get a land far better. Uh, and I just think it's a, a great moment here between God and, and Moses uh, as he instructs him that way. Um, yeah, I, I think that um, one of the cool things that you're seeing here is um, Moses in his relationship with God. Um, one, we're reminded that God is faithful to his word, that God will do what he says, that even if it is that God says, hey, because of the uh, Israelites' doubt and because of Moses' uh, disobedience and his forgetting that God is holy, this is what's going to happen. This is the result of that. And, hey, it's a good reminder that God is faithful in every way, in everything, that God is is honest and just and faithful and will uh, keep his promises. But we see Moses here uh, leading God's people, and, and I think Moses is a great example for leaders um, here because, one— I do believe, like you, that Moses here wants to see the promised land, and God rewards him with being able to see the promised land, not because because Moses was not focused on Moses in that moment. Right. The heart of Moses, I don't think, in this moment was, man, I, I could have seen the the promised <laughs> land, or that look what I missed out on. And I don't think God was showing him to say, see, shouldn't have beat the rock. <laughs> right, you would right. be in there if you had right. done what I told you. Yeah. But I really believe it was God saying, hey, just as I was faithful to keep my promise in this, also I am faithful to these people that you've led and loved. And um, they are going to get to walk into this this place, this this land that I've promised to them. Um, but something I love here, Jonathan, and I think what we're going to be getting to some today, is that Moses was a great leader, and he didn't just think about himself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think one of the biggest mistakes that we make um, is that sometimes we do enough for our people, mm-hmm. do enough for our time mm-hmm. that— uh, there was one of the kings of Israel, and names list me off the top of my head, but my dad used to, to talk and preach in a sermon about him, and um, he he was pretty hard on him because he said, hey, as long as there's peace in my days, right? as long as there's goodness in my days, then I'll be happy. And um, Moses, you're being a good leader, is a forward-thinking leader. Mm-hmm. He looks mm-hmm. and wants not only for his people, God's people, to enter the promised land, but wants them to have a leader. Yeah. Um, and I think that shows a lot about Moses' character mm-hmm. and uh, Moses here as an example to us in the ways that we lead, whether that be uh, on the sports field as as a captain or as just you know somebody who plays on a, on a team or in the workplace as a manager or a boss, um, in our homes, moms, dads, husbands, wives, your leaders, uh, in church, if you're on a serve team, a deacon, mm-hmm. um, however you lead, Moses here has given us a great example 
and something that's very near and dear to my heart, and I know your heart, and to the heart of our church in the way that he leads. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think absolutely you see Moses' heart. One, I think you see it in what God does for him, because I do think the showing is God knows Moses' heart and knows Moses is going to enjoy seeing what the people he's been leading get to enjoy. Yeah. He's sincerely going to get enjoyment out of their future enjoyment, yeah. uh, where a lot of times if it was a selfish leader, hey, I'm going to show you what you're missing out on. That, yeah. But there, there's so much there, and, and it also reveals the character of God to say, hey, Moses, you can trust me. I'm, I'm delivering the people where I said I would, yeah. which also means you can trust me that the promised Messiah from Genesis will come yeah. and your faith will be rewarded uh, one day with, with, with his arrival. Uh, and so I think there's a lot to that, but Moses's humility yeah. to me becomes so evident in verse 15, because imagine you're told, Hey, your, your time's coming to an end. You're going to die. You're going to be gathered to your people. Yeah. You're going to see the promised land first. There, there's such a temptation to focus on yourself, like you mentioned with, with the king who said, as long as there's peace in my day. Mm-hmm. Moses' first reaction upon hearing this is to appeal to God to, to send someone or appoint a man for the community. Yeah. Because, well, well God, if you're taking me out, He's already seen Miriam go. He's already seen Aaron go. He said, if, if you're removing me, appoint someone. Isn't it also interesting? He doesn't say, appoint someone from my family. Yeah. It could have been easy for him to say, well, my family's been doing this leading the whole time. So God, appoint one of my relatives, appoint another person from my tribe to lead these people. Yeah. And instead, he just says, appoint a man over the community who will go out before them and come back in before them. And his heart at the very end of of verse 17 is so that the Lord's community won't be like sheep without a shepherd. And when I was reading that, it instantly took me to uh, Matthew 9, right? Because in Matthew 9, Jesus, uh, it's a very interesting dynamic. Jesus, in seeing the crowd, Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm, I'm turning here now, Matthew 9 he sees the crowd, and it talks about how he's moved with compassion. Um, and this is, uh, I'm trying to see my, my, my verse here. Um, but he's, he's moved with compassion and, and says, basically, that, that these are, they're like sheep without a shepherd, mm-hmm. right? Well, where does that come from, <laughs> right? Where, where, is he, where is he moved to compassion there? Uh, it, it's the same heart that that Moses has, yeah. right? When Moses sees the people and he's like, "Wait, God, if you're if you're taking me out, then what what what's left for them, right? Yeah. Uh, what what's going to be um, their their future? How do you how do you care for them?" Uh, and it's so refreshing to see a leader who truly is not thinking of himself in that moment. He's thinking of the people that he has been called to lead. There were times he was frustrated with them. Yeah. There, there are times where uh, I'm sure Moses uh, didn't feel great about the people he was leading. 
But he's he's moved in this moment to instantly think of them and say, Don't don't let them be, you know, like like sheep without a shepherd. Mm-hmm. Like you, you've got to give them um somebody. Yeah. A man. And and he's not even specific. He's, you know, he leaves that up to God. It can be it can be anybody. Yeah. Just just send them somebody. And I think that's so um so refreshing to see. And it look it shows so much of the humility of Moses and who Moses was uh, to say, "Okay, God, it's time for me to go." Then appoint appoint somebody. Yeah. Don't don't leave them to their own devices. Um, and, and that that is it's a refreshing thing. And as we look at this concept of preparing to pass it on, well, pass what on? Well, obviously we're talking about the message, the good news of, of Christ, what we have been entrusted with. Mm-hmm. How do we orient ourselves to prepare to to make sure that those who come after us are still blessed with that same thing? And and for Moses, it was give give him another leader. Yeah. If if my time's done, give him another leader to to lead in the way you would have them lead. Uh, and it, it's just so interesting that he takes that step. And I think that is part of preparing to pass it on is, is are we humble enough? Do we humble ourselves enough to say, you know what? Even if I don't see the end, I want these people I've been leading that I care for, that I love, I want them to receive all that you have in store for them it doesn't have to be me. Yeah. It needs to be somebody else yeah. and, and, and move on from that. Yeah. Uh, I think it was, uh, Jack Welch, the, you know, uh, CEO of, of GE and wrote the, um, has written many books on, on leadership and business and things like that. That said that the, the greatest success is succession that for us to really in our lives, um, succeed, our, our mind needs to start with the end in sight. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that you know this this message here is uh, a challenge to to all of us in some way because in some way each of us are succeeding someone and each of us are in some ways going before someone mm-hmm. um, that I think that um, we all need to be uh, conscious and aware of those who are going before us and how they are preparing us to take their place and in the same way, be conscious and aware of those who are coming after us that will one day take our place. Um, I think that it's important that uh, we have a mindset that is not so fixated on ourselves, mm-hmm. that we are not aware of, of those who are coming after us, and that we always be, be active and looking and seeking ways to prepare um, those who who are coming behind us, mm-hmm. um, and I think that that's a, a principle that Moses here uh, demonstrates well. But I also think there's wisdom in how Moses has prepared Joshua to this <laughs> point. Um, you know, it's cool because in this story, you see um, there's a lot of connections through the first couple books of the Bible, um, right. and you see kind of different angles. And when I was reading this, preparing for this episode, the first thing I thought of was Exodus chapter 33, mm-hmm. um, and 
this story here is is a story of a, a tent called the tent of meeting. I think we've talked about it a little bit through the series where Moses would go and the presence of God would fall in there. God would commune with Moses, it says in Scripture, as friend would with friend. But it says this in uh, Exodus 33, verse 11, Thus the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. And when Moses turned again into the camp, his assistant, Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, would not depart from the tent. So Moses has been preparing Joshua to lead God's people. Mm-hmm. And even before it was said here, God had confirmed that Joshua was this one, Moses had been uh, preparing Joshua for this. That jo- Moses had taken Joshua to the presence of God, and there Moses saw that Joshua was staying in the presence of God. When Moses would go back to lead the people, when Moses would go back to his business, when Moses would go back to get things done, Joshua was the one who would stay in the presence of God just a little bit longer. And there Moses sees that Joshua is developing into somebody who is capable of leading God's people. A principle we see time and time and time and time again through Scripture is for us to prepare for something that we're not yet in but one day we'll face, that we train today for the trials of tomorrow. Tomorrow, that we are are developing leaders today to step into leadership tomorrow. Mm-hmm. That one day we're not just going to wake up and be prepared to do whatever. Right, right. But that we are called as leaders to prepare our followers and as followers to prepare ourselves to one day do what God will call us to do. And that doesn't come with a mindset of, hey, one day I'm going to get up and I'm going to be in charge and I'm going to preach and I'm going to give me the microphone and let me tell everybody what to do. But it comes with a mindset of, hey, I'm going to follow in the steps of of those who have gone before me, mm-hmm. and when God needs me, when God calls me, when God opens the door, I'll be ready to step into whatever that is. Um, I think you know this is a, a great challenge, kind of looking at this, uh, prepare to pass it on. In, in if you're a, a student listening to this, hey, be be prepared to be somebody who can be passed to. You know, in, in a marathon, uh, the 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 runners take off and they come around the track and they 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 take the baton and it's go stick and and you stick out that hand behind you and you reach that baton hey a marathon wouldn't go well if you had the best uh first leg runner on a marathon team yeah. they they're whipping everybody they're way out ahead and they say go and that runner in front of them starts going go, and they say stick and they go to pass the baton to uh that runner and they don't stick out their hand well it wouldn't matter. You could have the best first leg runner, but you're never going to finish the race because you got to be prepared to receive what's mm-hmm. being passed to you. Yeah. And and you know that comes with humility, like we talked about Moses will hear because Moses had to say, "Hey, it's my time to step away. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm not the person for this anymore. That right. that God is calling me ultimately to heaven, but that you know." Ultimately, it doesn't live and die with me. And and how shallow are we ever to think that our dreams or that the dreams that God has for us or the calling of God dies with just us? Mm-hmm. That we always have to be thinking about uh, the, the people who are coming after us to carry the things that we're carrying, the legacy of our family and what God has done in our lives and the story uh, of, of the redemption that is offered through Jesus and, and the heart of our church, all of those things are things that God is calling us to, one, be prepared to pass, mm-hmm. and two, be prepared to receive and carry and then pass again. That 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 um, the call of God, the mission of God, the things that God is preparing us for don't ever stop with us. Right. But there's always more. And I, I was really encouraged thinking about Joshua here, who God had been preparing to receive mm-hmm. what Moses was going to give him. 
there in the presence of God, that there he found um, the the things that made him qualified. I, I wrote that here as I was reading this scripture, that Joshua, the son of Nun, a man whom uh, a man in whom is the spirit. Mm-hmm. There's his qualification. Right. Why did God pick Joshua? Because the spirit was there. Because the spirit was yeah. in him. Yeah. He had already been preparing yeah. for what God would call him to. And I think that's uh, a really encouraging thing for both those who maybe uh, you're uh, looking back at your kids you're looking back at, at people who you lead, who you realize you've kind of gotten that realization that, hey, one day I won't be here. Whether that be in 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, you don't know. Hey, none of us know. But what are you doing today to prepare somebody who's coming after you mm-hmm. to pick up the mantle yeah. and and run forward uh, toward the mission and the calling of God? Yeah. You know, and, and another thing I love about what you mentioned there, even between Moses and Joshua Moses patterned leadership for Joshua, but he never, we have no indication in scripture that Moses ever looked at Joshua and said, you have to do it my way. Mm-hmm. It was always centered on God yeah. because God is ultimately the one leading his people. And Moses recognized his role was, was under that. Right. And so what he's showing J- Joshua is if any look, even in the passage we're looking at, Moses didn't specifically request to God, hey, now put put Joshua, who, I, who I've been training, now put him in that position. Yep. He says, appoint a man. Yeah. He's like, I'm, I'm not going to presume or assume anything. Yeah. God, you appoint who the right person is. Yeah. I mean, hey, look, the spies went in the land. Joshua and Caleb mm-hmm. came back and, and spoke the correct thing. So, what if God says it's Caleb here, right? Like Moses leaves that for God to decide because it's always been about God's way. It's not been Moses's way of doing things. And uh, again, the great humility Moses displays there. But I like how you took it too that, hey, equally Joshua's got to be prepared Mm -hmm. and, and has been preparing Mm -hmm. for this moment, even though it's not something he, he desired or aspired to it. We, we, we have no indication that Joshua is like, Hey, one day yeah. when, when Moses moves on, then this is going to be mine. Yeah. That's not, we don't see that in his nature either. He's, yeah. he's staying in the presence of God, enjoying the presence of God and worshiping. And, and I think there's a humility that comes with that. And so then even he's willing to learn from Moses Moses is not in, in, impressing upon him any demands of you've got to do it a certain way, but hey, this is be dependent on the presence of God, be dependent on God's leadership. And then Joshua says, whenever the moment comes, if God so desires, mm-hmm. I will step into that trusting in the same God who has brought me along from from where I was to now. Um, and just the whole thing is a great imagery of, as you talked about, kind of the passing the baton, right? Kind of making sure the next generation is ready to take leadership roles, to continue the advance of the gospel, to continue, in this case, to continue leading the people into, they're not in the promised land yet. Yeah. Moses has led them out of Egypt towards the promised land. They didn't get there yep. through some of their own decisions, right? But that wasn't for Moses at that point. So they do need someone to, to complete this journey for them. Yep. Um, and in our lifetime, man, 
until Christ returns, we are to be people who are focused on expanding the kingdom of God, growing the kingdom of God, uh, sharing the gospel so that others may hear the truth of his love and his mercy and his grace. And we've got to make sure, I, I as a father have now a 13-year-old, and man, it, it hits me every day when I look at him that he has spent more time probably in my house already than he has left. Yep. Because five to six years, roughly, he's he's going to be looking to start establishing his own house and his own place to, to be. And it really hits you then in those moments. Have I have I shown him everything he needs on how to lead a household, how to run a household, how to how to follow God this way when when this comes at you? How to those things those things start hitting you in the face yep. when you start seeing that man your child's almost the same height as you and their their voice drops and they're starting to sound like a grown up and yeah. man it, it gets real and yep. for for Moses that moment was God saying hey um, I'm going to show you the promised land and then you're out uh, so I I think as a parent it that challenge is so great. And I think something you hit on earlier that is really good for our parents. And as a student pastor, I see examples of this in many ways. Is Moses' greatest contribution to preparing Joshua for leadership was not by taking him to Moses' school of leadership and saying, Hey, Joshua, one day if you're in charge, this is what you need to do and do this, do this, do this. But it was the way that Moses modeled his life that Joshua saw. Because Joshua and Moses were different. They lead differently. You'll see if you read the book of Joshua that, you know, Joshua was different. But what's good to know is, hey, Moses had to conquer enemies, and so did Joshua. And that Moses had to deal with disputes, and so did Joshua. That both of them faced challenges and 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 different things. But the greatest thing that Moses did for, for Joshua was, was modeling for him what a godly leader looked like. Why was Joshua in the tent of meeting? Well, Moses went there, and Joshua went along with him. Now, Joshua had to make the decision to stay, Mm -hmm. but Moses was the one who led him there. And a question for our parents is, hey, are you leading your kids to Jesus? Mm -hmm. And I don't mean that in a way specifically of, hey, are you inviting them to make a decision to follow Jesus? Although I hope you do. I hope that's something your kid uh, will do during their time growing up in your house. But greater than that, the greatest impact I believe that our parents have on them is the life that they model them. Uh, model for them. Um, I think that's why it's important that hey, when your kids are in church with you, they see you worship because they're gonna we're gonna they're gonna repeat what they've seen modeled. That hey, it's great that your kids know that you tithe, that you give to the church. Why? Because they're gonna repeat what's been modeled. It's important. I love uh, events like Overcomers League and uh, Oktoberfest and things like that because our students specifically can serve alongside with their parents and parents. It. I, I can be the best student pastor in the world, and I try to be my best. But the the greatest impact your kids will have that motivates them towards serving the kingdom is when they see, hey, my mom, my dad, they are committed to serving the kingdom. That must be important because you're placing value on that. So I think it's important. Yeah, Moses, Moses, you know, looked and saw Joshua as a, a worthy follower, leader, uh, and 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 God obviously prepared Joshua. But the greatest thing that Moses did to prepare Joshua to lead was modeling for him a relationship with God. And I would challenge our parents to say, hey, what are you modeling for your kids? What are you modeling for the next generation? Because you can have the greatest words 
You can say this is what you should do, but your kids know what you do. And I mean, I think your kids more than anybody, your your impact on them uh, can be felt uh, based more on what you do than what you say. You can say, hey, church is important, but your kids know how often you're there. Mm-hmm. You can say, hey, we want you to be involved at, at, in youth in youth ministry, but your kids know what things take priority over that. You can say, hey, uh, worship, man, that's a great thing to do, but your kids see when your arms are crossed and when you, uh, you know, don't just aren't really in the mood to sing today, that's what they're going to model uh, based on what you have, have shown them. So I think this call specifically to our parents, but hey, it's also encouraging to know Joshua wasn't Moses' son. Yeah, right. So each one of us, you know, I don't have any children, but to me, God has called me as a leader uh, for our students here at, at, at HBC. And I think of each one of them, I'm calling my kids, obviously, you know, <laughs> A lot of them are too old to be my kids, but you know, uh, I, I I look at them and say, what am I modeling for them? That that each one of us, even if you're not a mother and a father, that spiritually you can mother and father people who are coming up behind you and raise them up. And your greatest example to people will be the life that you live. Mm-hmm. That people uh, will forget. Uh, I think Maya Angelou said the words you said, but you'll, they'll never forget how you made them feel. That your impact on people will be by the life that you model for them. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. so many times, you know, uh, with my dad passing away uh, here uh, almost a year ago, uh, many times now I cannot call and ask him for his advice. Right. I can't ask him for words to do what I should do in a situation. Right. But what I can do, Jonathan, is I can remember what he did when he faced similar mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. That the husband that that I am becoming much of it is aimed towards being a husband like my dad was. And and I think the power in that is realizing, hey, as we prepare to pass it on, what are we saying is important? What are we doing? What are how are we leading? That's why here at, at HBC, we are unashamed. One of the the big things that we say all the time is the next generation is our passion. That we are not ashamed that we put our finances and our time and our energy and our resources behind reaching kids and families and students and college students. Why? Because it is important that we make a declaration that, hey, we're not going to fight over whether or not we should serve and reach uh, young people. Because it is vitally important to the mission of our church that we uh, uh, are focused on that and that we are intent in doing that. And Moses here gives us a great example of a godly leader modeling for the next generation how to follow God and and preparing Joshua for some hard things. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. shoot, they get to the promised land here. Battles aren't done. Some of the hardest battles are still ahead. <laughs> right. The people aren't done yeah. being the people. Yeah. That Joshua has so many disputes and quarrels still to settle. Mm-hmm. But Moses, even though he is not present, mm-hmm. his uh his example in leadership have prepared Joshua well. Yeah. And Joshua being ready to to receive that baton by finding himself in the presence of God and and studying the life of Moses as he lived it uh, have prepared him to lead well. And I, I think this is just such an incredible example and a challenge uh, to each and every one of us, regardless of where we're at in life. Yeah, and and you know we've touched on this and and something I I really want people to to understand too. Think about how amazing it is here. Moses doesn't know the battles that Joshua is going to face. Yep. Just like we don't know what awaits our our kids in an ever-changing world. Probably don't want to know. We, we, we just don't, right? And 
if you get so caught up in specifically saying, yep. do this, don't do that, yep. well, well what, what about when the situation's a little different? Moses had led people through a body, a body of water, mm-hmm. right? They came to the Red Sea, and God specifically in that moment said what? Hey, you, you raise your hand, mm-hmm. and the seas will part, and, and the Israelites are going to walk through on dry ground. Joshua was going to have a similar situation as they crossed the Jordan to go into the promised land. But does God do it the same way? Mm-mm. No. Yep. So, so what if Moses had said, hey, buddy, if you ever come to a body of water, this is how this works. You hold your staff up yep. and the water will split and then people walk. They'd have been standing there at the Jordan all day. Yeah. Because what God says to Joshua is, take the ark and have the priest carry the ark okay. and step into the river. Yeah. So this time, hey, I'm, I'm going to need to know that y'all are bought in. Step into the water, and once you do, then the water will stop. Yeah. Well, that's different than how yeah. God used Moses. Yeah. So it's it's more about Moses modeled for Joshua who the source is. Yeah. Hey, this is not the solution is not in an answer on how to do a specific task. The solution in following Christ and following God is knowing where the source is and yeah. knowing, hey. And so that's my thing, even with, with my son. Have I shown him that, hey, when, when, when you have no answers, yeah. when, when you're up against anything, the first thing you do is you pray mm-hmm. because you, you go to the one who has all answers yeah. and you say, what, what do we do here? Yeah. And, then, and then you've got his word. Mm-hmm. And have I modeled a love for, for his word, right? Whether, whether your child, whether your student loves to read or not, is irrelevant. I, yeah. I I get annoyed when Christians say, "Well, I, I just don't enjoy reading, and that's why I don't read Scripture." I'm sorry if if you believe that this is the sole authority mm-hmm. for what is right in life. Is it really a matter of enjoying reading, yeah. or is it this is life? And, Do you want to live? Yep. Then, like, I'm pretty sure if we said, "Hey, you have a disease, and the only cure is found in these pages," I'm I'm sure we would comb. Yeah, these every word of these pages to find Shoot. it. If you said, "Hey, <laughs> if you read this uh, whole book, I'll give you a million dollars." Oh, people, people would finish. How long it. would it take you? Right, I'd, they would stop everything yeah. they were doing to, to do it. And right? I understand that has you know a practical application, sure, and, and you know potential for fi- financial freedom and <laughs> and things like that. But but truthfully, you know, we look at God's word, and 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 I think part of the problem in that is we see God's word as a book to read, but not a conversation to have that God is wanting yeah. to speak to us, right? And, um, man, I love what you said because it shows so beautifully that, hey, our methods might change, but the mission is the same. Mm -hmm. To get to the promised land was the mission. Joshua was wise enough to say, hey, our methods may change generation to generation. What we do has changed. You know, there are people 100 years ago were preaching against having air conditioning in your church. Um, I I don't know about you, Jonathan, but I don't have any sermons (laughs) for this year lined up to to preach against air conditioning. Um, But, you know, our, our methods change. Our, 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 our structure change. The way things look or present may change. But what doesn't change is truth. What doesn't change is God's word. What doesn't change is the source uh, of, of our, um, our guidance and our, our, our inspiration in our, our life. And that's obviously God and then speaking through his word, the word of God. Um, and I think that Moses did a great job, obviously, of, of passing that to Joshua. Yeah. So uh, as, as we kind of come to the close here, I, I think— the keys to, to take away if, as you're listening is if you're going to prepare to pass it on, and by it we mean 
following God, following Christ. So passing on what you have learned of God and, and who he is and how to walk with him. To prepare that, one, you've got to humble yourself and recognize that God's kingdom is so, so much larger than you. Uh, he's not limited to your methodologies. He's not limited to your preferences. Uh, he's, he's bigger than your legacy. It's not about creating a legacy for ourselves. Uh, sometimes that word gets thrown in there when we're talking about end-of-life things and what are you leaving behind, what's your legacy. Well, in reality, as followers of Christ, all of our legacies should be that we moved people along from where they were to a closer walk, closer relationship with God than they had when we met them. That, that should be all of our legacy. And the glory for that isn't us. <laughs> like the glory for that doesn't go to us. It goes to him. Um, so there's, there's great humility required, and we see Moses exhibit that. I think there's equal humility that Joshua exhibits in being prepared and working behind the scenes to learn from those who have gone ahead of him, uh, in this case, Moses. And I think uh, for, for younger generations who may listen to this podcast, man, humble yourself and be willing to learn. Learn from those who have wisdom through life experience and through walking with God longer than you have. They, they've seen things. They've experienced God do things. Ask them, hey, when you face this, how did you see God move? And listen, not for a tip on, on a methodology, but for a tip on, hey, God was faithful when they faced this, and so if I face something, I can trust he's going to be faithful and, and then you're ready to receive, as David said, that, that baton and, and, and go with it. Uh, and then lastly, what, what, are we, what are we passing on as far as are we instructing people to specifics or are we giving them the resources they need for success, which are praying the word of God and, and as Joshua did, spending time in the presence of God. That, that's the key. If, if I know when I leave this earth that my son knows to read God's word, to pray, and to spend time in the presence of God, it really doesn't matter what he's going to face. He's going to be equipped to handle any of those things because he has the source. He has God, which is, is who you must rely on in those moments. Uh, and so as we, we talk about prepare to pass it on, it's really a, a heart condition and a mindset that we're talking about more than any tangible activities. Uh, there is some intentionality that, that needs to be expressed in being intentional about training those behind you and, and sharing. Um, but really, what is your mindset? What is your heart as it relates to, to passing on? And are you trying to hold on to your own kingdom and your own legacy? Or are you willing to step aside so that others can step into leadership and become who God desires them to be, as, as, as was the case with the Israelites. Moses is still alive when he stands Joshua in front of the people of Israel and confers some of his th authority on them. That's a humbling experience. The man who's been leading him says, hey, my time's coming to an end. This is now your guy. And Moses still lives on <laughs> for, for some more chapters here before he's going to pass on. Uh, so our encouragement to you would be just, just humble yourself, uh, to be willing to pass on what you have learned in a humble spirit and 
if you are those who are learning, receive what you're being taught also with humility so that God can develop you into who he would have you be. Uh, that's going to be it for this episode of the Sharing Our Journey podcast. Again, this is a podcast ministry of Harrisburg Baptist Church. We would encourage you to be part of a Bible-teaching, Bible-believing community because we were designed to walk with Christ in community. Uh, Bo beautifully said on our Wednesday night study last night, God has always existed in community, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and he always will exist in that. So if he exists in community and we're made in his image, we know that we were designed for community. We are not designed to be uh, solo Christians. Uh, so if you're not part of a family of God, a follower, uh, Bible-believing church, find one in your community. And if you're in the Mercer County area, there are many uh, churches with, with differing styles of worship. They all teach Scripture, and you can find one there. Uh, so if we can be of assistance to you in any way, we are located at 312 South Main Street. Stop by and see us, and if we're not the fit for you, we will help you find the fit for you in our community. Uh, because, again, it is about the kingdom, not our kingdom, but, but God's kingdom. So until next time, walk with God in humility, trust in his word, talk with him in prayer, uh, and, and he will prepare your heart to pass it on.